You might have seen him on The Mix-Up. You might see him on Micro Melee or his other wonderful YouTube videos. Or you might hear him at your favorite Slippy tournaments on commentary. We have a wonderful guest today with Radar. How you doing, Radar? Not too bad, man. How are you? I'm good. Uh, for context, this is a separate th piece of content than what we just did, but we did just record... Um, episode of the archives a nice little match with blues clues and eggs um so we've been talking for about 20 minutes but strictly about melee so now i want to expand a little bit get to know you a little more um first off how are you like actually how are you doing with everything with everything meaning what like how's like, just uh, how's it going like like right now how do you feel um with i guess quarantine is part of it but also you know the things you've been doing you've been fairly active you've been productive how, how do you feel with everything yeah i mean like a kind of interesting question i think i'm in a weird i guess stage for my own like youtube career i don't know what you want to call it but like where right now i'm really trying to get serious about it in some ways i'm really trying to find ways to i guess elevate the quality quality the production um to level up for lack of a better word and so sometimes i find myself thinking a lot about you know content and thinking about like what i can do to make it better and maybe that's not always a good thing i think you know 2020 for all of its issues you know for me was a fairly okay year um and, and it I'm really hoping to have 2021 be kind of bigger. So in terms of just sort of how I am like, you know, focused, I've got some new videos I've been working on. I've been trying to rank up in other games like Battlegrounds, trying to kind of get back sort of grinding and melee a little bit. So, you know, I'm, do I'm doing well. I, I think uh, I'm on the grind, I guess would be the short answer. Yeah, I've def. I mean, I've definitely noticed um, you are a great video maker, content creator. I hate saying content creator, even though now that's mm -hmm. like certainly the word for it, there's something like almost um, almost hollow about it. Like I want to let me let me dive into more, more of like what I enjoy. I think um, one your your take on melee is so um, clearly driven by like passion for the game, and that I guess is it makes me enjoy all the videos you put out. Uh, the micro melee series is consistently like it's almost like stopping to smell the flowers type of thing um which in this community it's like so important i think to to have opportunities to do that with our game itself so and then you're also very um uh diligent as like a videographer and as someone who actually makes the videos like it's just done with a, a competency right so i guess i extend that to you and I, I wanted to ask form the question of how did you start in creating videos making content stuff like that yeah it's a good question um creating content i guess like it's kind of random and maybe I'll, I'll send you the image the first time I, I really say i like could could pull back and say anytime i made internet content was i used to have a deviant art account do you, do you know that website? It was like a <laughs> Vaguely, place where you'd yeah. make like digital art or, or even regular art. You'd upload it to the internet probably around like 2006, 2007. And so when I was about like, I don't know, 2007, I would have been 14. So it would have been even earlier than that. Um, I was around like at yeah, 12, 13. And I like started to learn how to use Photoshop. And I started to make like video game art and shit. Like I'd make like a, made this one Zelda poster that got like really, really popular. Like it say had, might have a million views now or something. And, and, uh, I did that and I remember being like, this is, this is pretty cool. And then I started to get kind of into cameras and stuff. And around 2013, I made a video. <sighs> I don't want people to watch it. So I, don't wanna... I made a video about, uh, logical fallacies, uh, that got, I think like 200,000 views or something. 
And I was like, wow, that was like, that was pretty cool. And, you know, it was covered in a couple, couple places. And it made me think, okay, I should like start doing this YouTube thing. So, so I did YouTube videos for a while. And then I like kind of wasn't really finding it as fun. So then I did streaming for a while. I got into speed runs. Um, and do we, yeah, do you want me to just sort of answer kind of like yeah, from here to keep now? it going? Yeah, man. sure. Yeah. So I got into speed runs. I speed run, used to speed run Ocarina of Time any percent, just kind of completing it as, as fast as possible. And so I got into that community that was like 2013, 2014. And I felt at the time that I, that no real tutorial for the game existed. And so I was like, I think I could make a really, really good tutorial for it that would actually teach people and would basically give them what I wish um, existed when I was starting. And so I spent like a ridiculous amount of time, like I don't know, like 60, 70, maybe 80 hours. And I made this tutorial series and that did very well on my existing YouTube channel. It's still there. Hmm. And then I remember thinking like, I don't even know, 2016 or something really wanting to be like, you know, it could be cool to do that kind of thing again. I kind of had fallen out of speed runs. I was streaming for a while. I'd stopped. And I was like, you know, it'd be fun to make like melee content. So I made a little bit of melee content and it went okay. And then around in 2017, I was like, you know, like I really do like creating things. I, I'm a creative person. Uh, I, I do creative things as a career. And I was like, I'll, I'll try to, I think this time I'm going to approach it with the knowledge that I have um, at that stage of my life, you know, so 2017. And so some of the stuff I considered was like, I wanted pretty clear, distinct branding. I wanted the series to have like a name. I wanted people to feel like, okay, this is what we're going to get from the episodes. They're going to, they're going to be consistent. I wanted the writing to be really tight if I could. And I knew I wanted to just explain things. And so I made that the first episode was this back air rest one. The idea was Micromelee was analyzing small situations, kind of you called it smelling the roses. I think that's a sort of a decent way to put it, like looking and going, hey, here's this like really kind of neat little thing that you could apply to your game. I did a couple of those. People liked it. Um, looking back on them now, they're still very rough. But uh, like I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do and everything was very intentional. And then around that time, I started to realize, okay, well, if there's Micromelee, then there should be Macromelee. And I also, I didn't mention this, but I, I kind of, at that time I had, or like prior to that, I had a big background in like StarCraft and in StarCraft there's micro and macro where macro is like building buildings, making, like making units and stuff. And micro is like controlling the units. Sure. So it felt like a weird connection of like, okay, my, micro melee is, is the small moments. It's like the little interactions. It's at this percent, this kills, whatever. And then macro mo uh, melee is like stage control. It's yeah, kill setups. It's whatever. So I started doing videos like that and uh, kind of mostly continued ever since. I did get into kind of a not so good car accident and I had to take a pretty, pretty sizable break. That's why I started in 2017 and I did weekly videos for a while. And then I just stopped for like two years. Um, but I, I'm not fully recovered now, but I am still doing, I'm like much better than I was immediately after the accident. So hopefully this, like I'm gonna keep making new videos, new tutorials. And during that accident, during that recovery, I, because I couldn't really play Melee anymore, couldn't do stuff, I started playing Hearthstone because I was like, okay, well, this game, you can kind of like close your eyes and not look at a screen and where you can like play a couple games and it's not as like, you don't have to have fast reactions. You don't have like, you know, I always played these games like speedruns are very mechanical. Starcraft is very mechanical, Melee is very mechanical. So I tried out Hearthstone. Um, and so I started getting into Hearthstone content as well. And that's something that I, in 2021, want to do more of. I've only really done like a couple videos that are, that were kind of, polished but yeah that's kind of how i got into it um i had like various little things along the way um and it really is just about kind of being creative and having fun that was great that was oh man that was exactly what i was hoping you would say is is give that that level of detail um and i didn't know that you had a car apologies for not knowing this i don't know if it's if you make it super public or if, or if you talk about it a lot i i didn't know that um thanks for sharing that that's pretty awful so you say you're fully recovered you're you're i'm sorry you're not fully recovered but you're better basically like i yeah i was reasonably public about it but it was also the kind of thing where like uh 
like it's not like every episode I make I'm gonna be like hey guys I'm in a car accident sure, or something sure, sure. but but basically like yeah the first episode I made back uh, I'm not fully recovered um I guess brain injuries just sort of take a weird time in mind I had a lot of like uh I don't know what the technical word would be but like I had a lot of the risk factors what I guess would make you take longer than the average person um I'd had previous concussions before that kind of thing and so now uh, there's still some pieces kind of that in terms of recovery. So like maybe, you know, like I'll, some of it's also not just brain stuff. It's like, you know, um, my neck and back or so, whatever, like hurt a bit more. And I guess I'm doing physio and like kind of trying to make it back from that. But, you know, immediately after the car accident, I like couldn't even I couldn't do anything but like listening to audiobooks basically. Like I couldn't even go to like a like a public place like it would be so overstimulating. So now like I can obviously do that and and I can spend time on a computer and stuff uh but i am still like you know doing 40 hours of work a week and stuff that still can kind of be challenging so i'm still on actually a medical leave and i've been doing the youtube stuff as a way to kind of still get used to kind of working again and 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 doing content uh but obviously when i was making content before i was doing full-time work and youtube and i'm probably going to go back to full-time work pretty soon uh so I don't know when, how exactly I'm going to make that work with the YouTube stuff because I'll probably still have like a bit of a time to kind of break that gap of like working 70 hours or something because right. that is the challenge of trying to make extra content is, is you know, if you're working a full-time job and you're doing YouTube videos, it's, it's quite difficult. Yeah. Wow. Um, what's your, and what's that full-time job exactly? Um, I work as a advertising copywriter right now. I work for Lululemon, so I write basically ads. It's like a creative job. Um, at Lululemon, it can kind of vary. Maybe I'm writing like a lot. A lot of what I've done lately is more like emails. So if you get an email from Lululemon because you like their product, I get them and all signed time. up. Yeah, and they they say whatever like we got a new pant in blue or something, but they say it in a slightly more creative way. I used to write a lot of those while I was working. But also sometimes we'll do like video stuff, Instagram stuff, we'll do web stuff. So, um, and that I work at Lululemon for now, but you know, there's other places I've worked. So there was some overlap. I know when I chose that job, the idea was like, I like making stuff Mm -hmm. and I like being creative. And this seems like a more stable way of being creative, I guess, that um, compared to sort of being like a struggling artist or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah. I would love to delve into that. I know, I know you gave a lot that I c- could jump on right away, but, um, working full-time in a creative position, how does that, um, fulfill kind of that, uh, not to be too dramatic, but you know, that the, the beast that c- feeds off creativity that, you know, creatives have, um, when it's something that I'm sure you're not passionate about Lululemon product, um, how does that fit into like your creativity, your soul, etc. Yeah, I think it's interesting because like, you know, I, I obviously you're a creative person as well. And, and I'm sure some people kind of listening to this are creative too. And I don't want to like stress. I don't want to paint myself with something like, oh, I'm just a creative soul that like, you know, like I don't want to go too far. <laughs> but, but, but um, one of the interesting things about working a creative job is almost detaching creativity as this like unique process if that makes sense Hmm. so like if you are told to to um come up with a cool script for like a tv commercial or something which we call like a tv spot and it needs to be funny or it needs to be interesting and you know that's your job and you you know you have five days or a month or whatever to to come up with it you kind of can't just wait for like inspiration Mm -hmm. you kind of can't just wait to like have this you know, like you think about kind of, I don't know, like rock music from the 60s or something. And they talk about like doing drugs and stuff to come up with like the perfect, amazing idea. Sure, and I've sure. had people sometimes come to me like, what happens if you just like, you know, you're kind of like you got writer's block or whatever. And it's like, yeah, well, that like that is what you learn to to push through and into almost like not in a way that sucks the spirit of it, but like just sort of make things. And even if you're not like 100 percent or even if you're not uh like maybe kind of having some really creative epiphany however what your question was about like does it kind of satisfy that beast of course you know when i'm making stuff for lululemon yes it's fun to be creative and it's fun to improve my writing skills but of course it's not maybe 
the main stuff I want to be making. And there's, there's still going to be things like I, I like doing outside of that. I, I write music, I make videos. I, I really, really love video games. Um, and you know, I don't write about video games at Lululemon. So there's, there's things that it's like, man, wouldn't it be fun to kind of do that side project and that stuff I do. So, um, so it, it kind of does and doesn't, I think it's like, and there's, there can be some kind of interference too, where it's like, if you're really, really creative all, all week long, maybe it can be kind of hard to sort of draw on that creativity, but they still feel different. I don't, I'm sort of realized it kind of was a bit of a rambly answer and I'm not sure if it totally answered the I question was, properly. But, I was so tuned in. Finish up. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you had more to say, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I think they're separate, I guess, but they're, they're similar. I will say like this experiences are connected and help have helped me. Like I, I think being essentially a professional writer um, and then having to, to write scripts for YouTube obviously is helpful um, and, and vice versa, like learning more about like there's, there's a ton of overlap. So I think that has really helped and, and that's kind of interesting. And I think there's, it's cool to sort of build upon skills in this area and, and kind of vice versa. Like I'm sure you could speak to as well, how, making content even if content is not a beautiful word can make it so that you know you learn a lot of skills that you otherwise might not have and so if you make melee content or if you make whatever you know maybe maybe i wasn't doing as much video editing like i don't i don't video edit at all at my job for example i just write like i'm not that's not something i'm not not the video editor mm -hmm. but i might write a video script you know so th that's i guess one thing kind of when you're working on projects all entirely by yourself, you can kind of put on multiple hats. Um, whereas if you're working at a big company, you're always, always specialized. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And do you think that you've pulled a lot from that experience? You think you're um, maybe needing to be put under deadline or as you said, like dealing with writer's block, um, has that helped your YouTube channel, your other endeavors? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think there are a lot of things where you'll just like, you know, you have to just do stuff. And so you, oops. Um, so you kind of get used to, to, um, getting things done consistently, um, realizing that there are a lot of, of, uh, sorry, I keep going. What's the word? No, no, no. Um, like, so one of the other things that I think is kind of interesting about my job i guess is like in the same kind of vein of like okay you're doing creative stuff and and you know you gotta work with deadlines and things you also have to work with a lot of things that go wrong and you also have to work with a lot of stuff where you you will come up with an idea that you really love and they will swat it down immediately mm -hmm. and like a big part of my industry that they kind of when we first started is they sort of said like 90 percent, 99 percent of your ideas will be killed and that you know you will regularly have an idea you really love and people will go no we're not doing that for whatever reason and you just kind of roll with that. And sometimes that can be quite frustrating, um, but it kind of makes you sort of get used to like, okay, there's there's no such thing as this like perfect video. There's no such thing as this, like you just kind of keep, you, it just becomes more of a natural reflex, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to make it sound like too, too amazing or something. Like it's not, it's like, it's still like, there's lots, sometimes you work with stuff that you only have a week to produce something. And you realize like, look, it's only going to be so good because we got a week. Sure. Like it, you know, so there's, there's just certain skills where you are forced to work under deadlines and forced to work under budgets and forced to work with clients who maybe say, can we make the logo six times bigger? And can we make half of the ad just be our product is amazing. You know what I mean? Like, and you go, okay, well, right. I have to figure that out then. So, well, that's definitely a different experience than uh, an independent YouTube channel. But I think, mm -hmm. I think like in creativity in general, like I've never held a uh, fully creative job per se. Um, I'm actually just now like dipping my toes into some side projects in my job, which has been kind of cool. But um, yeah, I think there's something really to be said about the uh, like a young artist's ego, right? Like I think when I was a teenager, I, I'd, I very much uh, related to your 
um, beginnings. I didn't really do art, but I got into like, I think I did a, a, a let's play video when I was 14. It was like, just, just like trying to whip something up. Cause I saw other people do it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it too. You know? And going through that process, like everything you do is so precious. Like the first, I remember the first time I tried writing, uh, like comedy stand up, or the first time I tried writing a short story, like, and it was so much put into that. This is the big thing. This is my breakout. I'm going to tell stories. And I guess technically I am telling a story about this one project and it's going to carry me to this fame. And, um, that's just kind of not how anything works at all. And so I guess any sort of tangible lesson in that is super valuable. Like starting an actual YouTube channel and getting very low views in the first videos that could put out, I think is an incredibly valuable experience as well. Um, and so I, I guess what I'm drawing is that you are getting valuable experience. Um, but it's not like you are this insanely unique position to get that. It's just, um, you know, these are, these are lessons that need, need to be taken in one way or the other, if that's from a full-time job or if that's from just grinding your head on whatever side project um that you're doing does that kind of resonate yeah like i I think i mean there's so many different kind of segues we kind of go into um but but i agree like it's a it's an interesting experience to sort of start out and make something and and kind of like learn sort of what your limitations are and, and what kind of maybe works and what doesn't work. Uh, There's a lot of like cliches and a lot of people who are wiser than me who have weighed in on, on like what it guess takes to sort of be successful or what it takes to kind of make good content. Um, The thing that really drives me forward uh, that maybe you've seen already, it was was quite popular was this Ira Glass quote about kind of making stuff. Have you seen this? It's basically like um, the quotes that go something along the lines of like, when you make things, um, you will have a period where the stuff you're making is trying to be good, but it like isn't good. Mm-hmm. And your taste, which is what kind of mm. makes you creative in the first place, is still really developed. And so you realize it's not that good. And there's this gap where it's like, okay, this is where what are this what the stuff that I'm making is, and this is where I like want it to be. Yeah. And the only way to close that gap is to just like make more stuff and make it on a consistent schedule. Yeah. And um, so obviously I'm trying to kind of do that as well because everyone experiences that, um, you know, you make something, even if you're the most talented person in the world, like you make something and you think, oh, man, it just doesn't like look as good or this part was like really hard to write or whatever. And so like, yeah, you learn that both through your job and there's just so much room for improvement, but also kind of, in in a, in a solo creative environment uh you learn that as well and i think a lot of people like the the, the point of the quote was that a lot of people quit too early mm. that kind of they think like okay I, I just i tried to make music and my music sucks and i listen to my favorite artists and their music is good and you need to recognize that like of course there's sometimes can be value in quitting like if you are just tone deaf and have no sense of rhythm maybe music isn't for you sure. but like you have to you have to close that gap and i think the more important thing is is having like good taste creatively so yeah 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 i i didn't know what you're talking about until you said the word taste and i always run it i don't know exactly what the quote is i could have just like heard the quote from someone else quoting the quote but Mm -hmm. i always think of it as like simply put um my taste is better than my skill and yeah and so um i agree I, i think that's a huge motivator um, especially when you realize the second half of it, which you explained, which is that, of course it is, <laughs> of, uh, it mm-hmm. has to be like, that's a necessary thing. Um, and it was for every single person that's ever created anything, unless there's some savant that like, you know, wins a chess tournament at age seven, but that's such a small minority that here we are, we have to, you know, work for it and, and improve at our own pace and, making sure my dog's not chewing my computer go for it she's not very good um and so i think i think that's really valuable to to put out again just to repeat 
over and over. Um, and when it comes to, so I, I do want to talk a bit about melee, right? Because, um, totally. that's how I know you, that's how we've, we got in touch with this. And that's a community that we're both pretty entrenched into. Um, for me, melee has always been such a reliable catalyst to my creativity. Um, I can always rely on it to when I have, um, little other uh motivation to create something or um ambition my ambition is is scattered it's a it's kind of like this beacon of like there's so much here you already love it and then i can go off in so many different directions with whatever is in front of me um what was your experience like let's let's hone in on the the first melee video you made what inspired you what got you into the scene um, I'm curious about your journey there. So like a lot of people, I, I am a doc kid. I, I, I did play melee. I'm, I'm 27. So I, I played melee as a child. Um, I really liked smash games as a child, liked 64, liked melee, liked brawl a lot. Um, didn't really like smash Four. I was old enough then, <laughs> but, but, you know, I liked those games a lot. Um, like a lot of people, you know, you'd hear about a Smash tournament, you'd think, I, I feel like I would do pretty well. I didn't necessarily have that experience. I was really, really blessed um, by having a group of friends that all kind of wanted to get into Melee at the same time. And we're all pretty, pretty passionate and we're all pretty bad. And so the kind of textbook experience about Melee is like going to your first tournament and just getting, getting destroyed. And of course, I, I went to tournaments and I got destroyed and I go to tournaments now and I get destroyed. But but I did have this feeling of like, OK, yeah, if I do badly here, like I can always play with my friends and we're all kind of bad. But we, we like we all were we cared about advanced techniques still. Right. Like we were trying to learn how to wave shine and we were trying to learn, you know, how to chain grab and we're trying to learn that type of stuff. So I guess the, the question is, like, how did I get into melee? Right. Like, how did that kind of start? Yeah. So like I, I basically I watched the documentary. There was a sort of pretty f passionate smash scene in the place I went to university, which is in Canada and on in Ontario in this city called Hamilton. And they had a tournament called McSmasher 4 and McSmasher 3. So the university is McMaster tournament was McSmasher, uh, which is a little bit of a mouthful, but they had Armada come and oh, they had Mewtwo King come. It was at the time, the biggest tournament in Canada. That was technically my first tournament, although we had like, uh, you know, events with my friends, like my friend Leon, who was one of one of the guys that we played with, had the Leon Cyber Games, which was like a big land tournament at his house with like all of our friends. So, so you know, I, I like I said, I was lucky to have these friends who really cared about this stuff beforehand. But either way, we um, so I went to that tournament. Uh, Armada was there. None was there back when None was like had just moved, I think, back to Canada and was like relatively unknown. Um, not unknown, like Armada had partnered with him, so clearly he knew he was a good player. But it's like he wasn't he wasn't what he was sure. is today. Yeah. And uh yeah, you know, played the tournament, really liked it, started to get involved in my kind of local scene. Uh, because we were in university, we're you know, in like it's equivalent of a student ghetto. There are lots of people who are also into the game and they'd they'd have tournaments. You know, we went to a local that was literally maybe four blocks from my house that I could walk to, and it was just kind of your typical smash fest with like at a, at a kind of shitty house with a bunch of people and there were like 10 setups and maybe 20 people there and super crowded and everyone's kind of playing oh, man. and that kind of i really liked that and so when i kind of decided to get to make melee tutorials it was at a time where i was into the speedrunning thing really enjoyed making those speedrun tutorials felt like maybe i could do something with this with melee but my there's a pretty big gap in my knowledge and game sense and ability versus like what i could make and I sort of knew that. So I was like, okay, I'll make content. Like the first video I ever made, which I, I honestly think I should get rid of at this point, but it was basically called Melee for Beginners. And it was uh, how to do rising aerials, which actually like, I honestly might make a video properly again for it. Cause it is a concept that beginner players just don't really understand. And it, it's, it's kind of like tilt moves, you know, tilt moves. If you're a casual, mm. you might not even know exist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. they, you don't even think that like, yeah, slightly tilt the stick up or to the right or to the left. Like they know what smash attacks are. And they know what jab they is. Might, they might know, exactly. Yeah. But they don't They don't think like about tilts. And in a similar way, 
if you want to do like uh, a runoff forward air as chic or something, you need to understand that you simultaneously like jump and do a forward air. Or like if you want to uh, do a down air, uh, if you want to do a Ken combo, you need to understand that like you're going to jump and do the down air at the same time. Because if because when we were when I was first starting out and my friends were first starting out, we try to do like a, a Falcon offstage uh, edge guard and we just die. <laughs> and like that, that kind of syncing up, like maybe we just didn't understand that. And so I made a tutorial being like, hey, guys, this is what's happening. You need to be like jumping first and then inputting the aerial. And I think at the time I was like, OK, this much I know 100 percent sure that I am confident it is not wrong and it will still be helpful. And people did find it helpful. Sure. Um, and yeah, I guess, you know, the, the teachable moment there for people or not teachable moment, cause I already knew it, but like, had I gone in and said, okay, guys, here's the Fox versus Falco matchup or whatever, people probably would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? This is wrong. Yeah. And you know, I've made some mistakes in my videos still. So. Yeah. I think that's, so, yeah. I think it's a really good point just to, to put a pin in like making what you know is, um, somewhat challenging. I think some people are intimidated by the melee content landscape um they think that you either need to be a top player to stream you need to be um a tasser to make any sort of frame data video um or you need to be like a professional video editor to make a combo video and really like i think this goes to what we're talking about before where we watch our favorite musician at you know playing msg and we're like oh shit my first chords on guitar I, I give up really it's like we don't know what we're doing when we make our first like when i made my first episode of the podcast like that the whole point was we don't know what we're doing but we know like how we feel about the game like we know how our last tournament went you know we know um we're not going to make stuff up we're not we aren't frame data people we're not going to talk about frame data and um you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I have a successful podcast, but the point is more so like now I am confident that I know how to make a podcast. I know like, I'm, I'm doing one for my company now, like they, they're going to have me do a, a company podcast. And that didn't come from me being a top player or from being like an expert in virtually anything. Um, and that's the cool thing, I think, with most of I think it's a pretty common trend among content creators in melee is that they start, you know, it's, it's a great entry level esport, entry level, um, game to make stuff for, because there's so many different things you could talk about. You could literally just talk about how fun it was watching a tournament, you know, that's valuable. That's, that's worthwhile, just, you know, and it gives you experience. Um, did, did you feel like melee was a, a, a good avenue for you to, grow as a creative grow as a video maker or were, did that come in other ways yeah i have like so much of the stuff you're saying i think can kind of lead to interesting conversations so i'm going to try to answer a couple things i think is really relevant Please one do. thing you were mentioning what was about like kind of you making a podcast and maybe you know at the beginning you didn't know how to make one and now you do it reminds me i i have a friend who uh did live streaming does like twitch streaming mm -hmm. And he was very, very passionate about it. And this guy is, his username is Up a Tree Zelda. And I remember he has just like an amazing work ethic. He would stream like basically every day. He was like doing his master's degree, played StarCraft. Um, he would do these marathons for like cancer charity stuff. And I remember uh, seeing his stream grow and it was growing like kind of slowly in the sense that like, He's streaming every day and maybe after a year in, he, he still only had X amount of followers. And I, I remember thinking, yeah, but like he, he is steadily growing and now he does it full time. He, he's been on podcasts and shows for like, for kind of people that he once thought were like kind of legends, you know what I mean? Like, like he's been with players and like, he's, he's a full part person, part of the Starcraft community. And I think, um, I always look at that experience as like, he just didn't stop and I, I remember a friend because i had a friend who was getting into streaming and i said to him like, like he was like yeah but i'm like you know look at this friend like he maybe he wasn't the ideal personality to stream like he wasn't like a ludwig or something that just blows up instantly mm -hmm. but you know look how many followers now like he he's a partner he's this and he and i remember he said to me yeah but like after all that work he's still only here and i was like maybe but then two years later now he's on podcast now he's got even more mm -hmm. so like I, I guess that's what i'm saying is that like you starting a podcast, you could kind of 
maybe the first episode you know was terrible or something i don't know i have not listened to it but <laughs> Please you know don't. two years from now you might be the single best podcaster in in the melee scene and if people love your interviews and you gain a bunch of skills so something to be said for that there but your original question i'm, I'm forgetting was about about your experience creating content through melee how how do you feel the game um, ushered you along in your creative process, at least in video making? Uh, I know you made some some melee music too. Uh, Five yeah, days of melee yeah, has, but... owes you a huge credit for that. <laughs> so is the question like what like what is but what about melee like makes it good for content? Is that kind of the idea? Like yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think. Well, because so yeah, the other thought I had as well was that. I do think it's that there's a tricky thing within our community where like people are kind of gatekeepy about like the kind of content you can make. We're sort of like, okay, you can't really make analysis unless you're already a good player. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that gatekeeping is valid in the sense that like if you are incorrect, it kind of isn't great to like make a bunch of to you know like like yeah, don't don't spread misinformation. Mm -hmm. But I also think there's a perception in the community that like uh, you need to be top 100 player otherwise you can't make kind of content right. or if you are going to make content it better be pretty like it better be uh, something like what walt makes where like walt makes like kind of documentaries and interviews and, and you know he's not necessarily teaching you the game but he's like he's highlighting kind of the personalities and stuff mm -hmm. and i think that can be kind of harmful and so i think relating it back to the question about how does melee kind of as a game, the interesting thing about Melee is it's been out for like 20 years and it has this really developed scene mm -hmm. and it has this really developed history and it has, there's so much information and there's so much stuff you could talk about, but there's also a kind of community of people being like, okay, well, you better sort of know what you're doing. So I think it can be kind of tricky to approach it. I'm, I'm still thinking about like, how, how do I want to answer the actual question about like, what it, does Melee itself kind of, like what kind of content does it create or like, what about the game sort of helps like like inspires me like i guess i guess i'm confused but i'm also like thinking about other things that are then go off like, that go off say, and, and what actually uh you don't have to stick too firmly to the question I, i'm making things up as i go uh, no for sure yeah <laughs> just as much and as I, I well you know i want to yeah i want to have a kind of interesting discussion and i, don't, I certainly don't want to ramble either please do but um I, i'm i'm just to let you know like don't feel like you're rambling if if your rambles were boring, I would be much more <laughs> asking you to stick to these questions. Mm -hmm. I think I think the avenues you're taking are exactly like I'm I'm following the light switches, uh, th yeah. through this mansion of your mind, and it's very interesting to me. So what 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 inspired you? What what did you want to talk about just now? I think like yeah, I think one of the things that maybe people struggle with a bit when they're getting into melee content because there's this enormous knowledge barrier, um is when you're making content generally you you almost like copy people you like and of course people say like you got to be yourself and you got to figure things out but there is something to be said for like hey i really like this stuff i'm going to try to kind of be that but for melee or like i want to kind of like you know you you develop your own style by trying to kind of blend in different things you like and you don't want to just be you don't want to say man i love scar's commentary so i'm going to try to be scar like i know i can't be scar but that doesn't mean that I won't still sort of draw on that as an influence or whatever, even though I think my commentary is nothing like him. But <laughs> You're a Scar 2.0. What are you talking about? Exactly. Uh, but but you get what I mean. That kind of like, so one of the things I think people maybe don't realize about Melee is there really are a lot of areas of content that are kind of unexplored. And I think, like, obviously this is, an, is a skill in itself, but like there's a lot of stuff you could find about Melee that's really interesting. There's a lot of stuff that like, it doesn't just need to be tutorials. It doesn't just need to be like commentary. Um, you know, the reason Walt and I made our podcast, I felt like there's stuff that isn't talked about maybe enough, you know, we, without spoiling kind of future episodes, but more recently I, I saw that a uh, Gumi recently released this motherboard. Did you see this? Yeah. The like kind of custom motherboard controller thing. There is a whole community in our scene that are like controller experts and understand like this whole side about controller modding and, and everything. And that's kind of interesting. And there's people who, you know, design, I don't know, custom textures and you could kind of get into making like the coolest custom textures. And, and there's, there, I guess what I'm saying is that like, there's so many avenues for melee content that I think people don't 
consider. And if maybe if you're a newer person who wants to make melee content, it's like, look at what isn't being done because right now, you know, there aren't like player interviews, for example, like you're doing a lot of that. You, you highlighting people like uh J Mook. I know Walt mentioned that you guys interviewed him them recently. So, uh, you know, like that's kind of a gap in, in the scene. I know I've talked with Tafo uh, about content generation and Tafo said that like a lot of the content he made, it was like, it felt like there just isn't that content in Melee and there should be. And so I think sometimes people, if you are approaching it and you're like, well, I'm not a top player or maybe I don't have as good of a knowledge of the game. One, I would say, okay, you don't need to be top 100 if, if you are knowledgeable about the game in any way. Like I'm not top 100, but I still think I can teach people some really fundamental concepts mm -hmm. um, because I, I still play the game at a fairly decent level. Um, but there's also totally other areas where you could kind of use very, very different skills and explore Melee in a really interesting way. And I think that might be missing from some of the people who want to get into content is they just think like, I, I can't be Toph or, or Hugs or these guys that are kind of the personalities. And so what can I be? And it's like, there's lots of things you can be, I guess, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, that there's one thing um, that was my probably my crowning achievement right now, and it's it's the fact that there is one person who, um, his name is Cipher. He he was in our Discord, and we were chatting a bunch. We were having these conversations, and he would give us feedback on some episodes, and it was really cool, like asking us questions, stuff like that. And um, I said something about creativity and and um having to offset like the amount we consume which is always gonna be more than what we create but having that creativity also and those words inspired him to start his own melee podcast and that is the the thing i'm i think i'm most proud of right now it, it felt amazing to know that there is um there's someone out there that doesn't you know only started in 2018 isn't the most experienced player but is still like in love with the game and feels like there's an avenue for himself to talk about like his own journey, you know, bottom of the smash mountain implies that there's a top and, and to document that is something that, you know, isn't really seen and podcasting is, is starting to, to get more popular in the scene. Cause it's just another Avenue. And frankly, it's the easiest one podcasts compared to videos I think are, um, the oh, they're so much easier. So sure. much yeah. easier. It, it it's so free, but again, very rewarding and still very fun. Um, but quality is not necessarily easy. It's just no. the production is easy. Yeah. Like, you know, being a good interviewer, which you know that you, if you have experience, which you obviously do, like I'm sure those are the skills that maybe are separating you from other podcasts, and that kind of thing. Sure, and and that's gathered through the process itself. You know that like I I still think I have so much to learn. I clearly do. Everyone has a lot to learn with what they're doing. Um, the only thing I could clearly say is that I'm better than when I started. And I guess that was, that was the crux of my question to you is that um, what inspires me about the game itself, not so much that it's the only game where I can find myself just loading up slippy battlegrounds is like that too. We'll talk about a little about battlegrounds. I'm, I'm dying to talk to you about battlegrounds. Cause I saw your, your, your like in the eight K MMR range. I'm only, I'm, I'm like, I'm 8.9 right now. I want to get to 10. That's so that's I'm only at like 6.6. .6, so I, I have some stuff to learn. I have to check out your YouTube channel, but that's besides the point. Um, Melee is a game that like I feel because there's so many different avenues that um, because there's so many different personalities, there's so many different players. Mango said like all of our top players are freaks and weirdos um, and there's so many different ways to come at it and things to talk about it's it's endless like every interview i've ever done for this could have gone two or three hours i have to make a point to stick to an hour <laughs> because otherwise like we could just go on and on so um that's like the blessing i think we've been kind of stuck with or we stumbled into is that we can develop these skills in a way that feels much more effortless than if we were to be completely by ourselves like shit what do we like i have this dream i want to be a content creator i want to be a creative i don't know how to get into it and now it's like hey melee is is the path you know is the path to just allow that energy that inertia 
to carry you into through that beginning awful stage of your taste being like 30 times higher than your skill. It'll help you close the gap a little before it runs out. And then, then you're in a, a good spot. Um, that's my little rant. And if you have any closing thoughts before we talk about battlegrounds, <laughs> I'd love to hear them. Yeah. I think one thing that like, I think of there's a couple, three thoughts I have. The first one is that sometimes I think people don't realize that there's almost no downside to getting into it. I think people who go into it thinking like, I want to be famous or something. This is a, kind of a cliche in and of itself, but obviously like if that's your goal, that's kind of not going to really be a, a good one. Like, cause like even the, the, the people who get famous aren't the people who are doing it just because, because of fame. That does, that's not just to say that people don't have egos and stuff and don't go like, you know, you have to like your stuff and everything. But I think if you start and fail a podcast, that probably still has value. Or if you make a podcast with a hundred episodes and, and it only ever gets, you know, a thousand listeners, you might walk away with that with a lot of like real tangible skills. Um, I think one thing that I, I could answer to the whole, like what melee is like, and maybe broader games in general is one of the things that I really attribute to games was learning, um, a separation from talent versus kind of work ethic and just sort of how to learn things. That's not to say that I don't think talent exists and I don't really want to segue into to that sure. argument, which is a whole other thing. But like I, I played StarCraft um, and I got to top kind of eight masters in the division that I was in, which is around like top 1% or whatever of the game. And I was like, cool, that was cool. And I what I learned from that experience was like, there were so many kind of small things you could improve and there was sort of a way you could improve. And then I started to get good at speed runs. And for a while, I think I had like the top 10 fastest time or whatever for, for Ocarina of Time, any percent. Now the time is like seven minutes or something. And mine was like 1949 or something. So like, you know, there's, there's been some developments in, in that game, but, <laughs> but like I learned like, okay, if you practice things, if you learn things and you can kind of get good and maybe you don't get to be the world's best, but you can get like quite good just from sort of working at it and getting there. And at this point, like, I kind of believe that was sort of anything. And so for me, one of the things that I think Melee does really reward you with and, and other games too, is is like a way to learn that, you know, you can be good at something because you're putting in the effort, you're working hard. Um, that's not to say that you can, I'm not sure I believe that you can be the best in the world at something, but, but you can kind of develop really cool skills. And the same, same is true with content where like, if you just keep at it, it's, it's good. Um, but there was one other thought I had, and I can't remember what it was. I don't know. The, the, that's kind of the main thing that just sort of there's that cycle of, of getting better is, is really cool. And it's, it's a very present thing in Melee. Yeah. And it seems to be very, I mean, I'm seeing, I love uh, the SSBM subreddit. I'm on pretty much every day. That's where the real good stuff is. Smash Bros is garbage, but um, there's a lot of threads coming out of just brand new players, like day one, day 12 players that are just like, oh my God, I learned how to do a wave dash or, oh, I know this isn't that good, but watch me wave shine peach across the stage or, you know, th these little threads. And it makes me remember that it's about like, not a lot of things allow us to see real improvement, especially in creativity where there's a cloud of uh, either insecurity or ego, um, definitely bias of our own stuff. We actually don't know if we're improving or not sometimes. Um, and in melee, it's it's right in front of you, it's clear as day. Like you're getting yeah. you're getting better at the game. You're hitting things you weren't hitting yesterday. If, I think one of the issues with content creation is people don't they're not honest with themselves about whether their content is good or not. I think with melee you doesn't matter if you're honest with yourself you like you there's still that issue of like how good am i i think i'm better than i actually am yeah. but at least like you you're not going to be winning tournaments being like oh like you know what i mean like you you get called out for your badness where i think with content sometimes people think oh, i'd just be successful with blank and it's it's like well actually there's a lot of things you could work on and improve on right. but but yeah it's an interesting process for sure and i think that it can be really rewarding to see to see stuff that you would think is like literally impossible. Like I think one of the big myths that I wanted to spell on my channel is the idea that like you see Mango do some kind of crazy combo and that you couldn't do that too. Like, you know, it, it just takes time. That doesn't mean you can be Mango. It's a different thing. But like, you know, that you couldn't wave shine a peach. Oops, sorry. Gosh. <laughs> that you couldn't wave shine a peach across the stage or something like that. That's something you can learn to do and it will take time, but you, you can absolutely do it. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And one thing I want to learn is how to um, get good at battlegrounds. I know that was the sharpest transition, but I I warned you. That's what I want to talk about. Um, so I got into battlegrounds. Just a little backstory of where I'm coming from, because I want to hear about you as well. Um, it was just like a someone on Twitter just posted his like winning warband, and I was like, I had no idea what the hell was going on. I'm like, I recognize some of these cards but i don't know why it's like 98 98 in stats like what the hell (laughs) what is this um and then yeah about uh, it was right at the pirates patch i think like right when that came down i started playing and um man that game is really strong i've played other auto chess before but that this one feels less about um I don't I don't know because it's a bit more simplified um every decision feels a lot more impactful and I've just been hooked ever since I probably play at least two or three games a day um and watch content all the time just watching the the top players play like where where are you with that game how much how much do you play all that so I play a lot um I have this thing where I kind of feel like I can only like juggle one or two games at a time. And so I get like really into one game. Yeah. And, and so like maybe right now, like, yes, obviously I consistently make melee content, but I'm kind of on the battlegrounds grounds train for a while. I was on the Hearthstone standard train for a while. I was on the melee train for a while, kind of hops around. So lately I've been trying to get into battlegrounds. I think it's an amazing game to stream because it is very chill. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely a game where you can easily interact with chat. It's a game where it's great to play while doing like, the dishes or something or like yeah. you know what i mean something kind of minor like not the dishes because it's wet i guess but like if you're like kind of I, I cooking dinner is a good one yeah like you know just kind of okay i'm gonna buy these things of course it, at a higher level maybe you have to be more focused but i think it's a really fun game it's funny you know i i contemplated doing my all my content on the same channel and it's something i still wonder if it's a mistake or not but i did make a separate hearthstone channel mm-hmm. and um one of the things i was thinking so one of the things people recommended I do is to make a video about why to get like why melee players should get into Hearthstone to kind of segue the content and like kind of loop people in. And I thought about it and I was like, I don't really feel like people from melee would like Hearthstone. That was the problem. Like, I don't believe that. But thinking about it, I do actually think they would like Battlegrounds. And the reason why is not what people would think because they actually have very little in common. And that's why I think people would like it is melee is this game that is like I don't love this word, but like it's a very sweaty game. Yeah. You know, you're like you're sitting there, you're like, okay, I gotta execute tech skill, gotta gotta react and stuff. And then battlegrounds is kind of like almost the opposite. It's very casual, sort of slow. You're thinking. It's still very competitive. There's still a lot of um, high level decision making. People think, um, obviously, luck is a factor, but the more you play, the more you realize it's like poker or something where you know the decision making is so much more impactful than the luck. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, more melee players would benefit from playing a game that's like really, really not like melee. And Battlegrounds for me is a great game to to chill with because for me, so many games that I love, they're these like super high execution, fast games. And sometimes you're like, I just want to just want to like relax a little bit, but I still want to care. You know, I don't want it to be stupid either. Sure. I, wanna, I want it to feel like meaningful. So I, I really love Battlegrounds for that reason. I think it's a really fun game. I think it's fairly simple to get into it helps obviously if you're experienced with hearthstone because some concepts like taunt or death rattles or whatever you you might be more intuitively familiar with but i also don't think it's that hard to get into as a total noob um i know other people who have gotten into it with no hearthstone knowledge and they like it but yeah yeah do you have any other battlegrounds questions i'm I'm happy to kind of keep talking well i'm definitely going to be checking out your streams um when you when you play them i think especially after this interview I'm, i'm super down i think for for the level of analysis and the energy you bring I'm, i'll be in there um i guess it's tough because i still feel like a bit of a beginner I, I realized recently i got my my cousin who we play warcraft 3 a lot together um but i got him into battlegrounds and um it was like a dynamic shift because he taught me warcraft and then I was, he just got into Battlegrounds like straight up two weeks ago. And so I was, I realized how, how much more I knew than like a day one player. Um, and that's the interesting thing too, is like, I, I, you know, you learn these concepts, like you learn about curve, you learn about, um, like how to, how important it is like to play to your hero, like 
this is this is how you play Maya. This is how you play Rafam. Like you have to play to these strengths, or else what the hell are you do and stuff like that. Um, it's just so interesting that like when I watch these uh, content creators like RDU and uh, Crip and you know all the big ones, obviously, um, it's not too common that they're explaining what they're doing. Um, they need to be specifically asked. It's like a very niche, like, why did you freeze that? Like, or why did you flow to gold? And like those types of questions aren't really helping the average player. Cause they're still dying like turn nine, turn 10. And uh, I guess when it comes to content, like what gaps do you see and, and where do you want to offer up your knowledge? Almost exactly what you're saying. Like when I, when I first got into Hearthstone, so, okay. Without sounding like, too egotistical here <laughs> i feel like i am because it's actually kind of a bad thing i'm a player who's drawn to mechanical games despite not having great mechanics and i should play games that are purely strategic because like for example when i first started hearthstone i hit legend within like the first month oh shit of playing wow. and then with battlegrounds i think i was like really high just almost immediately because it's like just decision making but for some reason i want to play some freaking fast game where you have you can't like you know like it matters execution is almost as important if not more important uh so one of the things i really wanted when i was first learning it was for people to go guys the reason why i do x here versus there is for x reason and i really do try to do that with my streams and if there's a goal that i have in 2021 it is to really kind of flesh out that hearthstone side of my content creation because I do think I can kind of offer that. I try to try to do that in my own streams. And I think that's something that I, I maybe am better at explaining. Uh, the tricky thing with Battlegrounds, uh, even more so than I would say Hearthstone, is if I were to explain how decision-making works in that game, it's like in this first turn, you maybe have five or six things you need to consider, which is still a lot, but it's like, most of the time you can kind of simplify it but as the later turns go it's like okay do i buy this thing or do i roll here how many possibilities like what am i even playing for mm -hmm. it's i the way i would describe battlegrounds and even hearthstone standard as well is like it's almost as if you were navigating like around the world or something and the end goal is like one of these compositions that's really strong and you need to know like you know what we're gonna cut through this jungle here. We're gonna take the boat across the thing there. Like we need to find like the quickest quickest route. And that decision tree is really complicated and really hard. And I, I get it wrong, I'm sure. I can see top players I watched and I, I love RDU stream and I, I watch it and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I would have done that there. And like, I wonder why. He does sometimes explain things, but it, it's definitely not enough. So that is something I want to do more. And I think a lot of decision making, particularly in Hearthstone, there's a lot of areas for it to be explained better because that's kind of all the game is, is just decision making. Um, whereas in Melee, it is execution. But the funny thing is, is I think we don't talk enough about decision making in Melee. I think in Melee, people think of it purely as like a, you know, they watch uh, someone like Hacks who's so technical and they go like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do that. They don't think enough about like, yo, in this situation, the only way they get out of this corner position is like if you overcommit with this and if you start walling out with these three moves or whatever, um, like what do they really do? Like they have to really, really like commit hard to an option. And if you call that out, you could kill them. And like learning those kind of things uh, is something I try to do with melee. But yeah, Hearthstone and Battlegrounds are just only that. It's right. like only decision making. So it's really fun. Well, yeah. And I think because it's entirely decisions, there's more room for analysis or at least like conversations into why you're doing things i think with a game like battlegrounds it's almost always how do i even say this it's almost like the sith deals and absolutes type of thing where you don't want to say you always do this just like in melee you just like i guess any game starcraft warcraft you can't say you always want to do this but you say um generally you want to be strong on turn four against millhouse so you don't take damage as an example or something like that so because i'm facing this player i'm not going to level i'm going to buy an extra unit um and it's just really expounding on ideas and then saying i could be wrong because 
maybe they level at the last second so that I'm giving up power later so that and just having that conversation is what's missing in melee you have to literally go into the past and go like 10 seconds at a time and be like all right let's take an hour like will uh wasabi talks about uh his drug fox lessons all the time he'll be like bro today we just went over one stock <laughs> like what <laughs> like what are you talking about the game is so fast that it's it's impossible to have a stream i think ginger done, did this once i don't know if you watch a ton of ginger content but he did uh he was playing unranked and he tried to explain all his decisions as he was doing it. And that content is amazing. I honestly I, cannot believe that he's able to do it. Like it, that, you people should watch that. Yeah. It's very good, but it takes, I think it takes one of the things, someone like ginger who streams a lot, who makes a lot of content, like, and is a top, top player. It's not mm. easy to do that, but with battlegrounds, you could be more in the top hundred, top 200 range. Cause that's all it is, you know? I think the one of the things that, you know, and when we're, I know you, the podcast is an hour, right? So we're a little, I don't want to go too long, but one of the things that I really do want to talk about more in my own videos at some point, And one of the things that I've learned from getting better at games is every game, like every game, I'm actually probably going to make a video at some point, how to get good at any game. Cause I, I really believe it's the same, um, is going to have complex decisions and the way to to carry yourself across every single skill thing, even the top, is to simplify the decisions down. And so even if you're a top player, you are taking certain situations like, okay, so let's just use an example, a melee example, because people know melee here. So like maybe, um, you know, you're thinking shield pressure. And I don't really know a lot of fancy shield pressure as Falco. But what I do know is that Nair has slightly less um, lag than it than Dare. And so maybe when I attack their shield, because I'm getting shield grabbed a lot, maybe I'll do some more Nairs than Dares because I'm afraid of getting shield grabbed. And it's a bit more lenient there. And that's simplifying a decision. And, and in Battlegrounds, it's the same thing. Like, you know what? There's so many things to think about. So maybe all I need to be thinking about is I am looking for these four units. And if I see those four units, I'll buy them and they're good units at this level or whatever. And if I don't, maybe I level. And, and that doesn't mean it's always the correct solution, but that can take you from like 4K to 5K or 6K or whatever, because you're going like, because 80% of the time it's good, right? And, and it's the same with like, maybe if you're a Falco and you're edge guarding people, because I always think about things from a Falco lens, or maybe you're edge guarding a Falco, most Falcos side B to ledge. Like it's just, a, it's a very common low level habit. So you can go from, from tier, 10 player to tier nine player or like, you know, from an F to a D in grade just by going, you know what? I know there's other recovery things, but I'm always going to cover side B first. And then by doing that, you simplify a decision. Then you start to get comfortable with that decision and you go, okay, what's the next thing that I need to think about? And maybe it's like, okay, well now cover like up B above or whatever. And so, okay, now I'm going to make sure to care about up B above and blah, 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 blah. But the game is just too complicated to always be thinking about every single possibility, like even the very best players in the world have to simplify it. And, and, and they might be simplifying a hundred decisions down to 10 and you might be just simplifying a hundred decisions down to two, but like that, it's just that process. And I think with battlegrounds, it can be more obvious, like, okay, look in this situation, generally speaking, I'm going to level because I think the odds are low that I'm going to find something that I want on tier four and there's just better win conditions on tier five, whatever. Right. It's the same with melee and i really really think it's a thing that people miss that like that you just you can't approach the game too complex complexly especially if you're playing melee which a game you have to react to really quickly you have to simplify it and once you start to recognize the situations that you can simplify and you can do that quicker over time your brain gets quicker and quicker and quicker and soon you're like cracked out fox that just kills everybody <laughs> so yeah oh man well to simplify things here we're coming up on an hour and that's when we end the episode. So in progress, exactly what you're talking about. Um, man, I thought this was great. I'm super excited to give you um, another opportunity to, to talk about your own upbringing, your own perspective on things. I'm always happy to hear your voice and to hear your insights. Um, we talked about plugs in the last thing we did, but real quick, 
plug your stuff again and uh yeah yeah um so i again i do youtube content at youtube.com slash micromelee or you search radar ssbm i do youtube content for hearthstone at radar radar hearthstone i do streams at twitch.tv slash radar ssbm and i tweet too much at twitter.com slash radar ssbm and i yeah i'm really hoping to do more stuff and i do a podcast with walt as you mentioned before turnout for walt called the mix up that is every second thursday at 6 p.m pst so it has varied a little bit we did do it at 3 p.m pst recently for to fit people but i think we're sticking to 6 p.m pst that was an exceptional thing to get cody to come so yeah that's that's where you can find me and uh this was a yeah fun thing uh i did enjoy talking about about different things so thank you for having me on hopefully i hopefully people listening enjoyed it too you you really delivered man um thanks again and good luck with everything take care yeah see you later man